The idea is, is stemming out of the understanding that buildings and the activities within buildings are a massive consumer of resources, of limited resources, and uh, that the consumption of those resources has drastic and far-reaching environmental impacts, various shapes and, and forms, um, but far-reaching across all spectrums of environmental impact. Um, so, so the idea is to minimize that, and hopefully, and that's where I see the industry going, and, and I think one of your later questions might be regarding what excites me, and I'll allude to that already, is, is starting to redress that impact rather than just minimize that impact. Welcome to Empower, the first real fire property platform on Cardano that combines emerging technology, sustainable building, and decentralized financial inclusion. My name is Blaine, and I'm the sustainability architect here at Empower. And on this podcast, we'll be sharing conversations based around Empower's three key principles of building, community, and impact. If you want to join our journey and help us build a better future with Empower, then make sure to subscribe and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Empower podcast. My name is Blaine and today we're joined by Andre Harms, founder and director of Ecolution Consulting, a green building and sustainability consulting business based out of uh, Cape Town and Joburg, Johannesburg, South Africa, I believe. Um, Andre, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, Blaine, thank you. Thanks for having me. No dramas. So for the listeners out there and the viewers on YouTube, you can probably guess uh, what today's uh, podcast is going to be about. It's going to be all about uh, green building, sustainability, um, which is a big part of our Empower uh, journey. Um, but I think the angle we're going to take today is more high level. It's going to be more of a kind of introduction to green building and um, in the future, future podcasts, We'll dive into more detail around certain aspects of green building because there's probably a bit to dive into uh, and also around Empower's um, plan on, on around how we're looking to integrate kind of green building and sustainability kind of practices in, into our journey as well. But yeah, today today more high level, um, but to, to start us off, can you do a quick introduction to uh, who you are? Tell the podcast a bit about who you are and what you do. Cool. So I thought about this question. Um, thankfully, you, you sent me all the questions or roughly the questions up front so, so that I can give a little bit of thought. And I thought a quick introduction with um, a bit of background of something that I did and really enjoyed and really transformed my life uh, in 2010. Um, which happened to be the year where the Soccer World Cup was in South Africa, but I actually completely missed that because I happened to be spending 14 and a half months, including all of 2020, uh, in Antarctica um, on behalf of the South African government, uh, being responsible for a team of overwinters, spending the winter and the adjoining two summers, um, looking after the South African research station there called Sunai 4. Um, and uh, that station sits there as part of an uh, international network of, of countries that are doing uh, research um, on various topics in Antarctica. Um, and those 14 and a half months, other than being really cold, were also really insightful um, into, among other things, uh, the propensity of humans to consume resources, our dependence on limited resources, and how easily we can squander those. And a couple of rather hair-raising um, events during that year uh, just really brought that message home very clearly. And I came back afterwards in 2011 and decided after a, a nice long holiday 
to decompress a little bit from, from the rather amazing and overwhelming experience to change my career from design and development engineering into something that I thought would make uh, yeah, a bit of a difference or have some kind of impact on uh, that propensity to consume resources on, of various shapes and forms. So um, that's the, the, the reason why I'm in this space, a bit more about me. I'm um, Andre, as you introduced me already, I head up Ecolution Consulting. We, we're in the green building um, and sustainability sphere, mostly serving the built environment in South Africa and Africa, but also um, business strategy regarding sustainability and um, various topics related to that. My background is in engineering, as I alluded to just now, um, mechanical or electromechanical rather, to be specific, but um, have since branched out into all topics regarding sustainability um, that, that aren't just all technical. Some are really fascinatingly less simple than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. It's interesting how kind of certain life uh, experiences, events can really shift your the course of, of your life. I mean, prior to recording this podcast, we're just talking. I had a kind of a, a similar turning point in my life where um, I was traveling uh, and was exposed to maybe some unethical um, wildlife tourism experiences and that resulted in me seeking out kind of a technology that promoted transparency accountability um and that led me to blockchain and and now here i am <laughs> with the with empower so yeah I, yeah I find those those stories quite fascinating um but but today's episode's not about wildlife tourism it's about green building um but what what is a green building how would you define that? Uh, not easily is the <laughs> short answer. The longer one is that it is, an, um, it, it is a, it's a definition that I believe is changing over time. Um, it's a definition that is not easily boxed. Um, and it's also something that needs to change over time because uh, for me, sustainability at large within buildings, so green buildings or elsewhere is a journey um, that includes our understanding of the topic, as well as the, the efforts, the depth and the breadth of the interventions that we uh, include um, into that topic. And let's stay on, on the topic of green buildings rather than broader sustainability. Uh, in my mind, at the moment, that is a building that uh, minimizes its impact on the environment, on resource consumption, on waste generation, um, that maximizes the benefit on um, self-generating, um, uh, maximize the benefit on the indoor air quality, so for the health and wellness of the occupant, um, that, that maximizes the uh, awareness regarding these important topics to the users of that space and the visitors to that space, um, and advances generally either as a, as a token, um, or not a token, but a shining light of sustainability, an example thereof, um, the agenda, but also can facilitate discussions on that and, and be a knowledge sharing um, case study, I guess, towards further green buildings and further research around green buildings and advancing that. So the idea is, is stemming out of the understanding that buildings and the activities within buildings are a massive consumer of resources, of limited resources, and uh, that the consumption of those resources has drastic and far-reaching environmental impacts, um, 
various shapes and, and forms. Um, and, and I think the podcast session is too short to get into all of those impacts. I think we'll, we'll leave that um, at that for now, but far reaching across all spectrums of environmental impact. Um, so, so the idea is to minimize that and hopefully, and that's where I see the industry going. And, and I think one of your later questions might be regarding what excites me and I'll allude to that already is, is starting to redress that impact rather than just minimize that impact. Gotcha. Um, a big takeaway from that was the, the, the minimization part. Um, but the, the minimization part requires some sort of measure, measurement mm. uh, in order to kind of determine that number. So when it comes to green building, how do we measure the greenness uh, of the building? What are some kind of key metrics uh, that we look at to, to quantify that? Yeah, so... So there is not one single entity that says a green a building is either green or not. Uh, there are various rating systems and certification schemes across the globe that assist you in measuring the greenness of a building. Um, some of them are a broad yes or no, and some of them are a tiered approach, this green, that green, or very green, you know. Um, and, and that, I think, also highlights why I didn't have a clear answer for you earlier. What is a green building? Because it is tiers of green. You know, there's no end point. Now I'm green, but rather you are minimizing and starting to redress impact and, and giving back at some point as well, especially if we think about resources like energy and, and water. So, um, yeah, I've alluded to these rating systems. Um, those are if it's a good one, um, typically internationally recognized, they are typically according to a set uh, standard or developed by a recognized um, uh, body and can be that measuring stick for green. It is still very difficult to have two buildings um, that each serve their own purpose, their own context, their own occupants, and compare them exactly against another in terms of greenness, even if they use the same rating system. Um, because nuances are, are always hard to package into uh, into a specific you know, set of boxes. But in essence, the answer that I would suggest exploring there is um, they are very well defined and very well developed and recognized and renowned and, and third party verified rating systems out there uh, across the globe. Some of them also in South Africa that can be used to quantif quantify in essence the greenness of a building. So I'll, I'll give you one example that's prevalent in, in um, South Africa, in my market here, that is the Green Star um, suite of green building rating tools. Uh, it's, it's advanced, developed and, and, and brought to market by the Green Building Council of South Africa, a member of the world's green building councils. And um, that is recognized here typically as the go-to rating system for a, the depth and the breadth of assessing the greenness of a building. Um, so it's quite a large number of so-called categories that are being assessed from energy to water to materials um, to the sustainability of the site selection to transport um, uh, evaluation um, and, and various other metrics that in many instances are quantitative and in some instances are qualitative. Um, and, and will together allow you to, uh, in, in this case of this tool and many others as well, to am amalgamate a set number of points if you achieve a certain threshold under these various considerations. And uh, you assemble enough points and you can certify with four star, five star, six star, green star. So that's, that's a very useful tool because you can broadly standardize between buildings or compare between buildings and start benchmarking and comparing. Um, 
yeah, I think I'll, I'll leave it at, at that for now and see if you've got any nuances you want to dive into. One, so yeah, the, the defining of the green building and the greenness is, is kind of hard. There's nuances, there's things that are kind of context dependent. Um, one thing that I um, challenge that I'm quite interested in is, um, I guess, sustainable um, strategies that are great in theory or good in theory um, versus kind of good in practice. Like you could have a, a really good green building that in theory ticks all these boxes is probably in theory the, the the most green building that you could build in this location but in practice there are a lot of considerations um, that could affect if that theoretical model could be actually implemented in the real world and it's that the balancing of the two um, that I find kind of quite interesting because uh, if you want to maximize the impact you you're kind of forced to work within the constraints of the real world in that moment and then work towards the theoretically the, the best thing to do, but kind mm -hmm. of acting within the real and then working towards the ideal. Um, yeah. Is some, an idea that I'm quite interested in. H how do you think about that? Like the theory, sustainable theory versus sustainable in, in practice kind of a thing. For me, a, a really important guiding light there is, is about the impact that the, the theory ends up making once it becomes the real. So we, we shouldn't be guided by what we call in the, in the world of rating systems as points chasing, doing something that'll get you a point but doesn't necessarily have a beneficial impact on the project, on the environment, on the users, um, but really just ticks a box and therefore gets a point and therefore gets you closer to a certain um, aspirational certification outcome rather than a aspirational environmental or user benefit outcome. So, so it is a conundrum and, and sometimes obviously depending on who uh, wants a certification, there might be a slight disconnect between the, the, the real benefit and, and the bragging rights that can be attributed to a certification scheme. Um, our firm exists because we believe in the impact that it makes um, on the environment, on users, et cetera, not necessarily to have a certificate on the wall. It is a service that we offer because um, it, it is a beneficial service in many instances and does spread the word and, and does help compare and, and is a good system to uh, drive a building development, um, either a new one or a retrofit or an existing building through to to give you that guidance on what should be pursued, but it shouldn't be shouldn't be the tail that's wagging the dog, um, really. Gotcha. So, so I think just that concept of of staying true to the outcome, outcome, not the certificate points, um, but rather the the benefit to the building and the environment and the users that that must be the guiding light. Um, and there's a there's a couple of interest interesting and sometimes simple examples i think the poster child for getting it wrong in, in our industry is uh, the, there's a credit for example in, in one of the rating systems that talks about um uh, bicycle racks um and the requirements in essence sometimes result in bicycle racks outside of for example an industrial facility which has no practical safe or meaningful way to use bicycles outside of you know the, the immediate uh, site and then you kind of miss the point, but the bicycles are there for, for the for the scoring points um, and not necessarily for the environmental points, if you will. So, yeah, that is the poster child that's sometimes looked at. Or there's another one regarding energy and water meters um, where the specifics in the tool 
uh, end up oftentimes with a lot of meters that don't necessarily give a lot of insight into consumption or um, early warning systems that could help you manage uh, the consumption of resources responsibly and drive that through operational practices into, into more efficient consumption, but rather just more meters because the wording isn't practical. So also a healthy amount of um, critical thinking and, and pausing uh, to, to look at the bigger picture and that impact uh, is, is very important. Yeah big part of that um i think that also speaks to just the the complexity of this space and uh, also the challenges around creating standards of something where you know the outcomes are so dependent on so many different things like standardizing something that is intrinsically very complex is going to be a difficult thing to do um Absolutely. But uh, a challenge worth exploring and incrementally improving upon um, is, is also a good idea. Um, but maybe yeah. to, add, to, to continue on the challenging, the challenges theme, um, what are some challenges around, uh, around measuring and implementing green building practices? Uh, maybe, obviously, you're working out of South Africa, so probably more from a South Africa uh, context or even other parts of Africa, if you've got experience there as well. Yeah, so um, regarding the measuring, and, and we touched on that to some extent, is the standardization of so many diverse nuances, uh, the building typologies, user patterns and, and user requirements into a limited number of rating systems is, is always quite difficult and not everything is perfectly applicable to every building. So that is difficult to measure the greenness of a building because again, not everything's perfectly applicable and, and comparable. So um, I think the, the green building space has done quite well to, to get that to a reasonable balance. And I gave you two examples where it's perhaps not always working so well, but um, should be seen in the bigger picture that you know, there is a place for, uh, for certifications in this. And perhaps we'll get into uh, why I believe that is the case uh, just now. But some of the challenges is um, invariably by measuring something and uh, documenting to prove uh, that you comply. There, there is more work. There is therefore more fees um, and more, more cost involved with bringing about a project, again, either a new build or an operational one. Um, the, the independently verified rating system, so the, the, the Green Star system, for example, that I mentioned earlier, by the Green Building Council uh, that, I, that I referenced also, um, also would need to charge fees for, for uh, allowing and, and affecting the certification of a building with their system. So there are aspects of, of cost um, that can represent a meaningful challenge to a project which, which has to be very lean um, because the margins are, are very tight to make it financially viable. So the cost aspects around not just the impact or the, the efficiency impact of the interventions so the, the let's call it the premium of the intervention that you're putting in uh, to bring about the impact but rather the the cost of the effort for the certification component uh, can be a challenge and doesn't always have a directly tangible benefit um, so if we are to separate two buildings that are identical the one is certified and the other one isn't the environmental benefit between the two is, is arguably nil. Um, the one is certified, the other one isn't, and the certified one has more cost to bring about because of the ad admin component, perhaps, and the, 
um, uh, the, the effort regarding bringing that about. And justifying that in some cases is, is difficult. Um, we'll talk about the benefits of certifications just now as well, and that perhaps continue the conversation about why it's worthwhile in many instances, but perhaps not all of them. Um, but just justifying the, the, the financial side, um, and especially if there is too many interventions that don't necessarily have that environmental impact um, or, or user benefits that I mentioned earlier, the two examples, um, then, then we get the, the industry can all of a sudden find itself with quite a bit of critique on, um, you know, uh, these costs, but not necessarily benefits. So that's a difficult one. Other challenges um, in the South African context and perhaps some other developing countries is that the availability of the right kind of materials, technologies, um, and even expertise is limited um, and, and perhaps not always um, abundantly available to a project, uh, perhaps also not, uh, not equally available. Sometimes you think there is a project team that is uh, knowledgeable and experienced, but they have blind spots in this, uh, or the consultant is less experienced that, that drives this, uh, us or our peers, you know, someone might, might be more or less experienced in this. So just knowledge and, and availability of the right kind of products, materials, and, and, and technologies is, um, depending on the market, also um, a, a stumbling block. Uh, I've seen tremendous growth in this, you know, I've been in the space now for 10 and a half years, um, sorry, 11 and a half years and uh, seen fantastic growth. Well, obviously both um, of my own experience in, in these years, um, but just in the broader development of that industry and the availability of, of solutions and, and products. So it's, it's heading in the right direction for sure, but still sometimes is a limiting factor. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, I think that's an interesting takeaway. Um, there's, there's often a lot of doom and gloom within the environmental scene, but as someone that's worked in the space for a bit, if you do zoom out, obviously we have ups and downs, we have ups and downs in, in crypto as well. Yeah. But if you zoom out for, to a larger time scale, it seems to be trending in the right direction, which is positive. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That really that's is. Good to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. The number of peers who offer a service uh, roughly yeah. the, the same as ours, and the number of projects that have applied best practice, the number of certified projects, um, the, the discussions on this topic, the number of, of clients or developers that are thinking and talking this language, um, the number of, of governmental organizations that are advocating and also sometimes legislating certain requirements, all of that has been growing drastically over the last 11 and a half years that I've been in the space. And obviously, um, if you zoom out even more, then, then certainly much more so as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, you touched on the certification. Um, yeah, what, what role does certification have uh, in terms of transitioning towards kind of more green buildings? So a couple of uh, benefits that come with certification that, uh, that I would like to talk about. The first one is um, it, it gives recognition to a building that has done uh, X number of efforts towards sustainability uh, to be greener. Um, it is a mark that is easily recognized by anyone who visits that building or reads about that building and um, its credibility can be, can be checked and can be proven because of uh, the things I mentioned earlier, it's by a reputable, globally recognized um, institution. It's been developed through the right processes. The application for that building in its specifics uh, is, is third-party verified. So it's credible and, and verifiable that that building has 
has got certain environmental um, and, and sustainability credentials to it. So that mark of recognition is really important and can be used by a building for uh, its marketing or PR campaigns to attract um, better tenants, for example, uh, to attract a better sales price, for example, uh, to attract better um, uh, interest rates if, uh, if, if, if uh, debt to be sought on, on that asset. So there's various aspects and, and the financial world is waking up largely to to the benefits as well um, and closing some of the loops. Oftentimes, you know, it was seen as the right thing to do and, and uh, and now the conversation is including the business case largely, not just for the interventions, like, for example, paying less energy, um, but also rather for, for the financial viability of the, for the project as a whole in terms of raising, raising capital for its development or um, in, the, in the case of homes, for, for green homes, uh, green home loans rather. So it's closing the loop and, and often anchors on that credible certification, the, the, the proof that the building indeed has the sustainability credentials. Um, it also signifies leadership and, and with transitioning, most markets uh, or conversations of various shapes and forms, you need some leaders to advance uh, the trailblazing aspects of it. So latching onto a certification which can help you bring about that, that uh, cutting edge building um, and pursuing the, the structured approach that is embedded in a, in a good green building rating certification, and then the later recognition for it can help set, set the pace and incentivize market leaders. And um, eventually that'll transform into um, critical mass and then the market will, the rest of the market will follow. So it is in itself a, a tool to be transformative and, and move the market along into a, a new normal. And once that has been achieved to some extent, then the expectation is and, and the practice is that the rating tool gets more advanced, gets more stringent um, and ratchets up the, the baselines and the requirements so that, again, you can, you can identify trailblazers and move the market further forward. Because as I mentioned earlier, it's a journey. And as we research more technologies, more processes, more practices, find better products, do things more efficiently, um, the baseline and the, and the criteria also have to advance and the tool has to be revised. So interestingly enough, on that topic, um, I'm currently part of a team of, of individuals contributing and working with the Green Building Council that are developing the new um, Green Star uh, tool. So that's, that's quite exciting um, cool. to make it more stringent, more broader, uh, consider new topics that previously weren't part of the conversation because we just didn't have the language for it or the, the tools to measure it or the realization that they're also important parts of the conversation. Um, a simple example is resilience wasn't part of our previous Green Star tool, um, but in our market, you might know of it from, from previous calls that we've been on. Sometimes we suffer from something called load shedding where we've got rolling blackouts because um, our our power provider doesn't have enough um, production capacity to supply all the needs and, and batches uh, in um, have to be switched off one after the other. So resilience of um, various shapes or forms to climate, to um, to the power grid and et cetera, have to be embedded in, in a green building and a green precinct. Um, and if enough do that, then it'll, it'll cover the nation and hopefully we'll try and alleviate things like load shedding as well. So that, that are some of the benefits. Um, I had another one 
that I had in my mind just now and it's escaped me. So I think we need to move on to the next <laughs> question and it'll come back uh, yeah. and I'll bring it up again, uh, hopefully. Yeah. If, if it comes back, you can just bring it up. <laughs> um, Thanks. Maybe on the, the benefits side of things. So why is green and sustainable building kind of important? Uh, what are some of these benefits, holistic benefits that come along with um, kind of integrating or, or developing green buildings? So um, I will briefly mention some of the obvious ones and then I want to move on to some of the more nuanced ones, which I think are quite interesting. Um, so a, a simple one that we all know about a green building is by nature uh, more efficient. Let's uh, talk only about energy and water. And that will have a direct bearing on the operational energy consumption, operational water consumption, and associated bills, the charges that get um, levied to that through the building occupant for energy consumption, water consumption. So if you if you do your work right and you design and build a green building, your bills at the end of the day will be um, lower than, than had you not done that. So that's an obvious one and, and uh, feeds also into the financial viability of it. One that is often overlooked is the so-called indoor environmental quality. Um, in essence, we, we design and build buildings for occupants um, that spend many hours in those buildings. In the case of offices, let's simplify it to eight hours. In the case of residential buildings, let's uh, keep it at the uh, the remaining 16 hours. But um, anyway, the exact number of hours is not important, but the the, the quantum of hours is, is large. So we spend a lot of time in, um, in buildings as, as humans. And the... Therefore, the, the building should, in essence, be designed and built to optimize the space for these users. Often overlooked, um, and especially if, if cost, the first cost um, is a huge driver, then, then the things that aren't critical to the building often get overlooked, and, and those can really undermine the, the, the quality of that space. Um, I mentioned the word indoor environmental quality. It's one, one key metric or one key topic of the quality of the space and um, things that feed into that are the quality of the air um, the amount of daylight the the biophilia considerations so exposure to and, and connection to natural elements uh, views um, and and various other aspects that aren't just nice but they actually have a direct impact on the psyche and on the uh, well the, the perceived um, well-being of that individual it feels better to be in a space that is optimized for me than it is in a in a dark hole and, and unfortunately today i'm calling from a little booth <laughs> where the lighting looks horrible so i'm not a strong, <laughs> not a strong uh, advocate in the picture that you see but but typically I, I try and be in spaces that have you know abundant natural lighting and good views um, and good quality air and in the end, those contribute towards my productivity in, in a um, statistically significant way and um, also to my absenteeism. I am likely to be sick less often if I am in a green building than I am in a conventional uh, vanilla building. Uh, so I'm at work more often if I just, comp uh, if I just relate this now to the, through the workplace and I'm more productive. So that has a direct and really meaningful impact on uh, employers bottom line if the team is more productive for longer then 
because they they're sick less often then then that will you know productivity and, and output will increase and it's applicable to production facilities as much as it is and probably even more so to to mind workers or, or, or office um uh, workers uh, and yeah so that one's often overlooked um i mentioned briefly earlier in response to one of the other questions the financial side of things so um green buildings are now uh, a a good um a good recipient for preferential uh, funding um because the the asset is greener it will uh, it in many instances can attract better interest rates and that's a huge benefit in the financial viability of of the, that development or of operating that uh, facility because the the repayment the cost of the cost of money i guess is is lower um to bring that about or to own and operate uh, those those assets so that's a huge one as well and and a lot of work underway at the moment to unpack that more and embed that more um, and we have a couple of the the large residential developers in, in our market here in south africa that have made connections with the big banks um where a certified green residential unit attracts better interest rates for the home loan for the home buyer then as as a result making the the cost of ownership of that um, more affordable, not just because the energy and water bills will be lower in operation, but also because the repayments of of the homeowner will be uh, more attractive to to own a green building. And now, really, the the business case is is becoming ever more obvious. Yeah, that's that's interesting. The often when people think about kind of green buildings, obviously the go to thing you think about is kind of the kind of minimizing the environmental. Uh, impact that you have uh, through, you know, water or carbon, whatever it is. Um, but then there's these other things to it. There's these financial uh, benefits that can be associated with it. Well-being, you, you just feel better often in the, these sorts of homes with the biophilia. Um, you know, there's a lot of research around you being in a space with greenery, natural life within the space. Your well-being increases in your, like you mentioned, your productivity increases. So, um, that's not so often kind of uh, factored into these things. Um, so there's there's a lot. In the case of the home, in the case of the home, it's it's can be productivity if you're studying or or you reading um, to try and retain. But also in the case of the home, a a greener building or a building a home that considers more of these principles, you will sleep better, you will be more rested, mm. you end up being a better human because you are in a better building. Mm. Mm. And the, the the amount of time that you spend in buildings, obviously, you kind of simplify to eight hours and sixteen hours. But the reality is, we we spend a lot of time in buildings, and we are affected by our environment. And the the built environment is is, is your office or your your home, and that whether you like yeah. it or not will play uh, a role, and that will affect you and influence you in, in some way. For sure, yeah, and. And I think that once I realized that and also once I understood the, the drastic impact that buildings have on consuming resources and uh, producing waste and so on and so forth, it just represents such a massive opportunity to improve things uh, that is largely untapped. You know, there's, there's a couple of hundred, I think about 700 uh, certified um, Green Star buildings in South Africa. That's, that's a fraction of, our, um, uh, of, of the stock that's out there. Um, so largely untapped, and, and that's why I find this space so exciting, um, especially 
and maybe this is a segue to I think what I alluded to earlier. What what excites yes. me about the space? I'll answer it briefly. Um, I don't know if you've got other questions uh, as well. That, but that's what the really next excites one. me that's is yeah. okay. Good, good. So what excites me is is just appreciating that large untapped opportunity. Um, that it is a journey that we will get better and have to um, do more over time as we understand more as we uh, learn more both about human beings but also about technologies out there and um, what i mentioned earlier that we start redressing our impact not just being less bad but starting to be more good and uh, uh, you know conceptualize buildings that uh, produce more energy than they consume that um, treat more water than they consume that um, can take into their processes, waste from external parties or sources and, and manage that responsibly. Um, and really, yeah, not just uh, plant a couple of plants, but um, take that picture further and, and start uplifting um, ecology around it and building more habitats than, than they destroy and so on. So that, that vision of the future buildings and not just buildings, but precincts, um, taking the, the lens outward and having a bigger picture view really excites me. Um, we're fortunate enough as, as Ecolution to work now on four precincts, um, precinct scale developments um, that are just absolutely exciting because the, 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 the almost microscopic view of building by building is, is really important in the, and you know, the, impact is oftentimes in the detail and we shouldn't um, do away with that uh, but uh, when we start talking about precinct scale and, and what gets implemented on the precinct as a whole and all the buildings on that precinct need to conform and need to to think about these concepts then impact was really you know so much uh, larger and, and super exciting. Mm. Yeah I think potential is a big one I mean the, the green building and these green practices can exist in multiple scales. Like you talked about Absolutely. a home, an office, a precinct. It's, they're these are concepts that are applicable at, across the board. Um, and another takeaway is the journey part. And uh, a journey, join our journey is a, a, kind of a tagline that we have at Empower. Um, oh, cool. But that's kind of... The reality is it, it is it is a journey. Uh, there's there is um, a lot of potential, but there's a lot of um, kind of challenges along the way as well. This journey, as any normal journey, there's ups and there's downs. But the destination that we have at the end of this is a really exciting one. Um, well, I find it really exciting um, <laughs> personally. And I think most people do as well. Most people find this kind of idea quite exciting. Um, and you're talking about that probably is the regenerative concept that you're talking about. So instead of just um, maybe sustainability and re regeneration are kind of maybe on the, the similar sort of thing, maybe on a continuum maybe, but the it's more often, like it's more, we've reached a point where it's, um, we kind of need to look beyond just sustainability and, and more to um, regeneration. Um, mm. And that's a, that's a big thing, uh, a big concept uh, in general, but also it's, it's a concept that's found in cryptocurrency as well. They call it refi, so regenerative finance. Um, yeah, so a big believer in that as well. Yeah, I absolutely okay. agree with you. And that's that to me is part of that journey concept uh, that I mentioned earlier. The definition changes needs to be advanced. The goals need to be advanced. Um, the rating systems updated over time, but also the, the picture to be 
um, zoom darts from from individual buildings to precincts to cities to, to nations um, yeah that's that um, continuum that you mentioned on all scales um, not losing sight of the small but also zooming out to include the big is, is really important yeah I love it um, how can people connect with you and Ecolution? Yeah, good. I'd, I'd love to hear from, from the listeners. A uh, couple of channels. So by email, we have a, a general hello email address, um, hello at ecolution.co.za. We're on Facebook, um, Ecolution Consulting. Uh, we're on Twitter, Ecolution C. We're on LinkedIn, um, Ecolution-Consulting. And we are on Instagram, Ecolution Consulting. Um, yeah, so, so various channels. would love to hear from the listeners, questions, comments and um, advancing this conversation and advancing this, this journey, this continuum that we've been speaking about. Mm. Um, and we, yeah, so these links we'll, we'll share below. Um, Thanks. And we will love to have a, bring you on again and, and continue this conversation. Um, we're working with you guys behind the scenes and we look forward to maybe sharing a bit more details around, around that in the future. Um, but yeah, to be continued. Um, but the final question, what excites you the most about the future of green and sustainable buildings? You probably alluded to it before, but yeah, what gets you excited about this space? Yeah, I don't want to narrow it down to just one thing. Of the, of the things that I mentioned just now that excite me, uh, if I had to take a stab is the, the principle of continuity of, of journey. That, that to me, because we can anchor so much good and so much advancement and so much doing moreness into that one principle um i think that's probably for me the most exciting is not to be static not to do the same thing day in day out um but rather get better at this and and um really starting to learn more not starting to continuously learning more um yeah this journey concept this continual improvement uh, of myself of uh, the work that we do of the projects that we contribute to, of, of the circles that we are in, um, all of that, that, that continuum is for me probably the single most exciting thing. That reminds me, and we'll probably finish on, on this, but this, that, that reminds me of a, a, one of my favorite quotes. I'm pretty sure it's a Tanzanian proverb, but it's little by little, little becomes a lot. Um, and that's, I guess, what happens that's that's a part of that journey process it's little bits little bits little bits and then over the course of time that turns into a lot <laughs> <laughs>